All right, Inappropriate Earl, the number seventh ranked podcast on iTunes Comedy. Almost 200 episodes in. It took me that long for you guys to get on board. Leave a review if you haven't done so already. You know, it's not that fucking difficult. It literally takes 30 seconds to say the podcast sucks. I'll leave it up. I just want reviews. Uh, and a lot of people criticize my guest. You only have people from Roast Battle. You only have comics on who nobody's heard of. Well, it's not like I don't ask Seinfeld. He doesn't get back to me. So just, you want to book my show, then I'll book the people you can get to come to my house. But today I have a celebrity in the house. <laughs> no one from Roast Battle. No one from the comedy store. No 80s metal guys who are so desperate that they actually say yes to doing my podcast. I have a return visitor, an all-star now. When he was on my couch a few, about a year ago, I yeah. think, he was just a contestant. But if you watch <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, it's back bigger than ever. Chef Gordon Ramsay has brought back people Kind of like I bring back people on this episode or in this podcast if I like them. I love this dude. He's one. Of the, he's very memorable uh, on this show, Hell's Kitchen, Friday nights, 8 p.m. on Fox. Put your hands together for Mr. Joshua Travato. Yes. Thank you, Earl, for that anticipated introduction. <laughs> well, it you. has been anticipated because <laughs> it's been you. about a year. I'm just it making sure everything's plugged in. All right. We're good uh, to go, right? Oh, absolutely. Now, awesome. I'm glad to be back in the living room. I missed it. You know, uh, a lot of famous people have been lot, on this couch. Oh, trust me, I do know. I, I haven't left a review myself, which I guess I have Please to. Please do. Right? Holy shit. What's wrong with me? It's not that difficult. It's Literally, really not. <laughs> it takes, I get a couple thousand downloads a week. Now, that's nothing compared to Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan gets like 50,000 downloads a week. Uh, when I was on Roddy Piper's podcast, rest in peace. Amen. I love him still. Him, yeah. Oh, he was the best. Uh, Roddy got like 100,000 sure. uh, downloads a week. I just want... If, just. Two percent of the people who listen to this podcast would just go on iTunes. It literally takes thirty seconds. Well, I'm going to take it upon myself as my own responsibility to get these people to start reviewing and shit. Right? It, it, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. I don't get I mean, paid for all this. the all the complaints on Yelp and Amazon and <laughs> like let's right. talk about something we like. Right? Like let's if we like something, let's let you know we like it. If we don't like it, let you, let's let you know. Well, that's like, I, and I leave up all reviews. There's one guy uh, who said, this podcast used to be cool. He used to have 80s metal people on and reality show contestants. Uh, now he just interviews his friends who nobody knows, unsubscribed. <laughs> and I left it up, yeah. you know, it's yeah. a review. Because that's how iTunes works is, sure. you know, there's thousands of podcasts, literally. I mean, maybe 10,000 podcasts. Well, I'm not Rowdy Rowdy Piper, but I, I do get rowdy. <laughs> You're do, up there. I do get rowdy. <laughs> and, but people want to uh, reality shows. Would you say Hell's Kitchen is a reality show? I would say Hell's Kitchen is definitely a reality show. I think it's a hybrid reality show because it is a competition show as well. Um, it's not your Jersey Shore. <laughs> Although it does have tendencies for sure. Well, I mean, it's a... Uh, 
It resembles I, it. I, I am from Jersey. <laughs> right. Oh, you would have been great on that show. Uh, but I mean, like uh, the show that I was on on Comedy Central Roast Battle, which was, was awesome. I mean, holy shit, Earl. tough, tough gig. But uh, yeah, I, the but, scrutiny that you get just being there has to be intense, right? But I got the same. I finally felt how you feel. Like it's they kind of say. I mean, Roast Battle is just more direct. You're going up against this person. It's kind of like an individual challenge. Sure. On Hell's Kitchen, it's very comparable. It is to a degree. I mean, there's uh, characters on there. You know, I think, uh, you know, I would say they do this on Hell's Kitchen. You, you could probably uh, be more informed than I am, but like, <laughs> it seems like they have on uh, like Hell's Kitchen, Big Brother's another yeah. show where they have maybe the sassy guy. Uh, sure, the person out. Well, so is Jeffrey Ross Gordon Ramsay then? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right? more or Wouldn't less. It? And Brian Moses is, uh, um, you know, the mates are D. I yeah, mean, Marino. <laughs> I, I, see, I'm partial to Or Jean-Marc. You're a Jean-Marc I don't like Jean-Marc. I like oh, you're the, not. Who was the guy before? Mar the guy with the slick black hair. He was there forever. Uh, Jean-Philippe. Jean 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 oh, shit. Jean-Philippe. 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 I just liked <laughs> Jean his... Now, what happens to those, like, Jean-Philippe? Does he... Uh, Jean-Marc. Does he do the show and, and, and like... Like, I noticed that the Mater D's, they've had, like, three or four. The sous chefs, they had uh, a few... Do they just... Uh, what, what happens to those guys? You know, it's, I... Um, well, I'm not in the room, so I, I technically don't know, but I could guess as anybody else could. Um, I guess it just comes down to chemistry, really. Like, how well is Gordon working with Jean-Philippe? I know Marino, the new guy... He's uh man, he's he's a gem. He's a good guy. Uh, I really like to be around. Of course, he's a fellow paisan, so you know, fellow Italian, Italianos. <laughs> Marino, I mean, he's funny. He was a good guy. I mean, I I, I honestly I saw some um, Jean Philippe, uh, you know, whatever they are clips. Right. I really believe me and that guy would have bumped some heads. Um, I really do believe that. Like, I think that we would have went at it. Would have made some great television. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that Marino was there for me. Yeah. Uh, some personalities clash and um you could tell just just from watching the show that that's almost on purpose sometimes but, because they um, brought uh out i don't know his name and it's uh the uh the, your castmate from this season the, the gay gentleman <laughs> well i'm not gonna say his name after that's how you're describing him but i think you're talking about my friend nick right no no i really uh I'm not, you set me up no no not at I'm all i'm joking um, i i think he's great uh, he's a, I, yeah just there's so many names on the show uh nick. That, well we went at it a couple of times you know I, i'm a i'm a no-nonsense kind of guy um i don't care who you are where you're from what you've done what your sexual preferences i treat everybody the same you know oh if yeah I if i don't like somebody i don't give a shit i don't like you <laughs> if i don't like the way you're treating me or if i don't like the way you're treating somebody else i don't give a shit i don't like it <laughs> you know oh sure and so, he seems like a great guy but there was times where i wanted to you know step on his toes because i felt like he was stepping on mine right because um, you guys seem like you're opposite in terms of you're you're uh i guess not i mean you're loud and like a big dude and happy-go-lucky he seems a little more reserved uh yeah and, the personalities were were different and uh i think in the uh in the uh sexual uh realm like if i don't think you're his type oh definitely i am oh, <laughs> i'm everybody's well, type earl but i mean <laughs> no you know, i uh i listen so i think if there's no sexual, <laughs> there was sexual frustration i i probably right 
But I think if there's no sexual attraction between two guys, uh, like they uh, the gloves are off a little more. Like if he had a crush oh, on shit, you. Now we're talking about something else. I think right. Uh, the gloves. <laughs> I said the gloves. But I mean, like if he had a crush on you, you guys might get along a little better. But since do you think so? What about in the schoolyard? Remember when like girls would kick boys in the legs when they liked them? Oh yeah. So uh, I think that has a lot to do with it too, right? Well, I don't know his type. <laughs> but like I know uh I mean I, I don't have a problem with too many people on earth, but uh you know, I think when you have a crush on someone, you maybe hold back a little bit your emotions. Unless you're on Hell's Kitchen and, right. and the only emotion you have is hatred or anger or <laughs> frustration. Or, but that's why you're on the show. That's exactly why you're, you're on the show. Would you say you're a hothead to a degree? Um, I believe that my head can definitely reach temperatures of warm and sometimes hot. But, you know, I've kept my cool. Like, I definitely, through, through my, my aging process, you know, from 24 um, to 29 now, over the last five years, I really feel like I have control over my emotions. Um, where maybe I didn't when I was younger. So to call myself a hothead now, I would say no. Can my head get hot in the right sense? Of course. You know, if I'm playing a sport, if I'm playing hockey, man, <laughs> I mean, there's steam coming from my helmet. And that's that's no exaggeration. Well, I'm the same way. Like, But you get older, you get a little more... Uh... I think you get a little tired of, uh, you know, the way you feel after you're angry. And, um, you know, it's not worth the the frustration or the the anxieties or... Or even the energy, the loss of energy, you know. Absolutely. At 29, you know, you're only going to get so much energy, 30, 35, 40, you know. So that energy, I want to hold on to it. Well, it takes so much energy, to, so much more energy, I think, to be a dick or a vindictive. Uh, I, and I'm very vindictive myself. Sure. Uh, well, you're a comedian. <laughs> that's true. And, and Roast Battle really brought it out of me because it's, uh, like you said, it's very much like Hell's Kitchen where all the emotions are heightened. And, uh, you know, where I think we're all cast very similar yeah. to your show where it's, okay, we need a guy like Earl who'll do the wrestling entrances and <laughs> then we need uh, a cute girl. We need a... We're still talking about you, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I work it for 49. I work it. Uh, wow. God bless. 49. I'm not... Oh, uh, shoot. That's uh, great, man. You look I, good. I mean, I try. You know, I wow. moisturize. I uh, get hot shaves. Wow. Uh, you know, I don't do any drugs. That's, so. Yeah, that'll, that'll you know, that'll no. age you. Oh, absolutely. That'll age you. Unless you're, you know, um, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, Keith Richards is like, it's like, uh, it's and like, by the way, a rest in peace to Tom Petty. Oh, yeah. Legend. God bless his soul. Uh, I mean, you know, why don't the shit? He just did a Hollywood bullshit. Yeah, he just did a full tour. Which might have uh, exasperated his uh, demise. Just, you know, he's 66. It's yeah. Like, uh, he died doing what he loves to do, though. Absolutely. Right? His, his uh, tour ended, I think, last week. Three sold out shows. And, uh, you know, I'm a metalhead, but yeah. everyone likes Tom <laughs> Petty. I mean, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's ever written a bad song. I've been free falling for years. Yeah. <laughs> so is he now. Uh, He's landed. And, he landed, uh, yeah. But I mean, like, even, I, I will admit, even some of my favorite bands, the metal bands that I love, I won't say their names, but they have four letters in them, most of them. Uh, they've written a few bad songs. Would it be the Off time. the Cob? Uh, it would be uh, <laughs> Kiss My Ass, and I think there's a rat in the corner. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, well, we all want to party. 
But I mean, like Tom Petty, even his worst song is a good song. Well, I think it's the vibe that he portrayed, right? He 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 made it fun to listen to his music. You know, I, not necessarily that everybody was listening to the words as much as they were kind of just feeling the vibe and the beat and the energy that he was, you know, giving you. He's so good. I, yeah. I mean, I'm talking like he's still alive, but uh, well, the, the, they never die. The music never dies. No, his '80s. I'm more of a fan of his '80s work because the, that band he had, the Heartbreakers, were. The Heartbreakers. Uh, uh, they were amazing and and then once uh certain members uh the bass player died uh he was heartbroken over his dog his dog wow. had died howie epstein he he had some problems uh you know with uh maybe was he from la some i'm not sure where howie was from but uh you know he passed away and, and then uh, the drummer uh uh, the big tall guy about your size, Stan yeah. Lynch, he, he kind of uh, walked away or was fired. And so that's why I kind of lost a little bit of uh, my Tom Petty mojo, but he still cranked out great songs. Uh, yeah. I like the original bands so yeah. much. You know, Kiss, it's yeah. Gene, Paul, Ace, and Peter. And then... <laughs> well, there's nobody like Kiss, man. Nobody nobody can do that. Nobody's allowed to do that anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not good right now. Uh, you know, Paul, I love Paul. I've been trying to get him on this podcast wow. forever. But uh, I'm sure he goes, who the hell is Earl? Uh, but uh, <laughs> Gene show. tours the country with his solo band. No makeup. Uh, my buddy Brent Fitz is on drums. Oh, uh, wow. That's awesome. But it's like... It's kind of better than Kiss because, like, Gene can, because he doesn't oh, sing a lot. Sure. Still, his voice sounds decent. And uh, the band is all younger musicians who are like, hey, we're in front of a crowd. This is great. Wow. So, uh, you never forget how to play. That's well, sure. Ace did, but Ace uh, did. They actually had the, the, the guy, uh, Tommy Thayer, who I'm a TNT dynamite kind of guy. Oh, TNT is great. <laughs> Those guys were great. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and Cinderella uh, for Philly's oh, yeah. uh, the drummer, oh, Steady yeah. Freddie Corey has been on this couch. Wow. Um, and the Britney Fox and the Philly had a good music scene, didn't it? I think it did. Hall Notes. Did they come from Philly? I believe they did. Oh, wow. They just were out here. I mean, you, you could quote me because I said it. Now Google it. <laughs> I just uh, saw them uh, with, uh, was I think, Tears for Fears. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, it's kind of sad because you could tell that well, Tears uh, for Fears would have a, an, you know, a they're sad. great. It was sad <laughs> watching Hollow Notes because you could tell they hate each other. Yeah, they do hate each other, and that. But insane. they're doing it for the well, money. Well, they all hate each other. I feel like that's why they all break up, come back together, start a new band. Well, it's like the same thing with Kiss. Like Gene and Paul probably can't stand each other, uh, you know, and they've been at it for f almost fifty years. Yeah. The Beatles uh, had their issues. Yeah, Beatles, I'm sure. And uh, if the Beatles are going to have issues, then anybody is, is yeah, going to have if, issues, if right? If you're the number one uh, rock band or music band of, yeah, music uh, band. ever, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, they still sell millions of, uh, well, it's not records anymore, but downloads. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It is. Like, Jeez. I, I was trying to think the last time I bought a actual CD, uh, 10 years yeah when's the last time you bought um, a seat an actual went into tower records or a sam goody or a I, you know that's uh wow i mean i, I feel like i bought some online you know i've I okay. made a few um I, I like christian rock a lot too really yeah i do i like everything and you know i i feel like um like striper having a, well hillsong is um like hillsong have you okay. heard of hillsong i have not you know it's uh you know we inspirational words can can really make a difference in your day 
And, um, Absolutely. you know, that's why I stopped listening to certain genres just because I couldn't, I couldn't listen to what they had to say anymore because it affects my day. You know, if I'm hearing about effing everybody and, and, right. and, and stabbing people, it's like, oh man, like there's enough of that going on in the world. I don't need to listen to that, you know, on my way to work. Right, right. <laughs> now, so, where do you work? Oh, uh, well, I'm actually managing a restaurant right now. Can you say what it is? Yeah, it's okay. called Franklin and Company Tavern. It's uh, on Franklin in, uh, in Hollywood. I'll be managing there. I've been doing a couple different things. Uh, I've been auditioning a lot. I've done some commercials, a couple of uh, Tempur-Pedic. TV. Yeah, Tempur-Pedic, uh, 1-800-PET-MEDS. <laughs> I say, yeah, I mean, you work. <laughs> I've, been tr- I've been trying, you know, my, my best. Um, you know, life is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a one-trick pony. I'm the Josh of all trades. You know, I, uh, I feel like life is about just seeing where you, what you can do, you know, how far you can take it. Uh, anybody can do anything in this world. It's all about just really just having the the motivation and the determination to really get there. Uh, I agree. Being rejected is, is going to happen. I've been rejected my whole life. Maybe that's what's helped me, you know? How many auditions would you say you've been rejected on? Well, it's funny because um, I, I went, I was going like three for three. Like I, I went, I, I got my uh, 1-800-PET-MEDS, I got my Tempur-Pedic and I was only auditioning and getting things. And then I had a little bit of a lull, you know, where you might audition five, six, times and you may not you may not get anything for a while um so i guess my average would be like four to one for right. auditions to a to a book um 25 that's kind of i guess what you would hope uh, but i also find myself doing you know going in rooms when i'm not right for the part just to get used to it right because i don't care i love the rejection because it fuels me for the next time uh, when I'm in that room, I just feel, I just feel magical. <laughs> like it's, there's no explanation. Now, do you find when you walk into an audition, at least some of them, they look at you and go, oh my God, that's the guy from Hell's Kitchen. I, I definitely have gotten that a couple of times. Do they say that or you just pick up on the vibe? I think it depends on, on the situation. Like for instance, um, I did a, a commercial um, where I was just actually the hands. I was chopping and cutting. Um, I can't really say what it is, but <laughs> I, uh, oh. you know, I was, I was like basically the stunt double, um, right. for one of the, the food scenes they needed. And I had known the person from something else I did. So, you know, also the connections are really important and I feel like that's Hollywood. Um, oh, sure. You know, obviously knowing things is most important, but the people who are involved that really can, you know, help you and make a difference and, and the fans of Hell's Kitchen. And I'm still hoping to, you know, I'm still hoping that there's a couple executives somewhere in an office that can, you know, make a decision on my life that love Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know? Cause you know, that's, that's a big part of my life. Hell's Kitchen is a big part of my life and um, it's, it's served me very well. Uh, and, and food is a, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be here without food. I've learned so much from food uh, as food was my getaway from being picked on and teased and bullied. And, right. you know, it was just, it was my safe haven. And still to this day, you know, food is special and I love cooking and I love cooking for, for family and loved ones. And, and it's, in, it's in you when it's in you, it's in you. Uh, it's like riding a bike, um, except in Hell's kitchen. It's like riding a bike without wheels or flat tires. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I was an eater on, uh, one of the early seasons I think my uh, girlfriend at the time, her friend was the casting director for the uh, the crowd, I guess. I guess sure. they have a casting director yeah. for the crowd. And uh, he said, hey, we'll get you in. You'll be the first table served. 
And uh, <laughs> you didn't eat. <laughs> I did. No, I mean, I got to be honest with you. My the meat was a little cold, uh, but uh, the the food was pretty good. Awesome. I, I went more to see if Gordon Ramsay was really like that, or it was just an act for the cameras. Uh, and when they had stopped filming at certain points to reload or whatever, he's he's really uh, that way, like in terms of yelling at you guys. Oh yeah, he he's um well he takes his job very seriously, like any professional who's very successful in their industry would. Uh, but this, I mean, he's a sweetheart. <laughs> like don't don't get him wrong, he is like that. That's what he is. That's his business. That's his livelihood. Um, don't mess with his livelihood. But if you can kind of get him on that other level and, and meet him, you know, where he is in that tender place right. of, of laughter and love, he's honestly one of the greatest people I've ever been around. Um, I respect him and I'm grateful for the opportunities that he has given me. Um, and, and he called me on, you know, he called me up to tell me to come back to hell's kitchen, you know? Yeah. I want to get into, uh, how they, um, you know, brought you guys back. Uh, so you're, sitting there you're doing the audition thing you're managing the restaurant what's the name of the restaurant what uh, my that, restaurant the one i'm at now right frank franklin and company tavern and open for dinner seven yeah, days a week open for dinner we have a really cool happy hour actually from three to six every day um it's a great happy hour i think we have some of the best uh, prices in in hollywood for food and drink specials like it's really cool and do they have like a hell's kitchen watch thing yeah friday every... nights yeah every friday night we're gonna have it um on at the restaurant come see me i'll be there um i'll throw my jacket on and take a picture if you want <laughs> and do you ever cook and the... i'm not cooking right now but it's funny i actually um i will jump on the line if we're short you know right. so i think you know that's like I said, the Josh of all trades, <laughs> you know, I'll manage the restaurant. I'll, I'll, I'll pour the beers. I'll, um, I'll cook the food, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, I'll, I'll audition before work. <laughs> I'll, I'll go in, maybe I'll have a, a job that I have to go in before work. So, you know, it's just, I'm really just trying to seize the moment. Sure. So you're, you're doing it, you're busy and you get a phone call from, uh, Fox or, or, Oh, well, I was actually in the Hills. I was, um, I had my own catering company before, uh, before they called me to come back. Um, I was, uh, I was doing these huge parties in the Hills, uh, for thousands of people. I had my own catering business and, uh, I was, I was a uh, chef to, um, uh, Christina Aguilera for a little while. Really? Uh, yeah. And, um, I was, you know, I was, I was doing my thing. Um, but I feel like I have to do everything to feel complete. Right. Uh, if I'm not, then I, I feel like a piece of me is missing. I feel empty. If I'm not entertaining, um, it, I, I feel a little broken, you know, cause I have that in me that I have to get out. It's in me. I, I need to be entertaining. It's, it's a part of my life. It's a part of the love that I'm able to share with people. And, um, you know, so if I'm not doing that, then I guess I feel like I'm, you know, not, really seizing that full day at times, but I, I do my best to, of course. So I was, I was doing these big, huge parties in the Hills. Um, one of these guys in, in the, in the marijuana industry, actually, I was his number one. <laughs> I was I, a chef. I probably know. You definitely know him. Um, big Mike, shout out big Mike. Uh, good man. Uh, really, really good man. Well, there's yeah. a big Mike in the comedy community. There's so a big Mike in the comedy. Might be the same guy. Oh shoot! Is he black? Um, no. All right, it's not the same big. Not Mike. the same guy. Could be a chameleon. So you were cooking for him? Yeah. So I was his private. I was his private personal chef. Uh, I was cooking in. Well, I was in Malibu. I was in Hollywood. I was in. You know, I was in the hills. And um, 
I, I made the decision to to go back because it was a little unfinished, of course. You know, but do you get a phone call from like Gordon Ramsay himself? So, so basically, so I saw Gordon. I'll give you the full scoop. I saw Gordon at his 500th episode taping. Um, I was in uh, the Disney Studios, and um, I saw him. I was talking to him. It was just great to see him again. And he puts up his hand and he goes, "You know, I'm going to call you." <laughs> like, oh, great! He, he told me I'm going to call you, and. Um, you know, a year later, he calls me on the phone and says, how about you come back to Hell's Kitchen? And uh, it was, you know, it was just amazing to have him keep his promise and, <laughs> you know, to call me to invite me back. He wants to see me again. He wants me to to give me another chance to to get that job, uh, that 250K, that salary and, and be his chef, you know, wherever it is. So that was that was awesome, you know, and that's just to be, you know, remembered by by this you know, this figure in, in the industry and in television. I mean, there's, he's a, he's a personality. I mean, you could, you could say, yeah, food, he's great. but yeah, he's, he's just so much more than food. I believe that. Um, and do they tell you, Hey, we're going to bring back these people too. Or, or do you literally like last week, the debut episode, you know, you guys walked into that room. You, you didn't know who was going to, do you really not know? I mean, I don't know if you can, I don't want to get you in trouble. Sure. Do you really not know who's going to be in that room when you open that door? Well, honestly, you do not know. A hundred percent. You do not know who's going to be there. Uh, nobody knows that you're going to be there. Like if you saw that Nick, <laughs> Nick was like, oh man, I hope Josh isn't going to be here. I hope Josh isn't going to come. <laughs> he did not know that I was coming, but of course a piece of him knew you can't have the show without me. <laughs> so that was definitely something, you know, yeah, you don't know, but you have an idea. I think you, I think you have an understanding of maybe who you'd want to see back, who you'd want to compete right. against, who the, who the, who the viewers want to see, who do they want to see? So I definitely think you have an idea, even though you have no idea. And then like you guys live in the house and, and yeah, we live in the house. Uh, it's, it's like before, except this time, I believe it was, it was definitely more intense. Um, you could feel it. Well, chef Ramsey calls you personally and, and basically he's expecting someone to be buttoned up, ready to go, uh, cooking in hell's kitchen. So the, the competition was much more intense. Um, it, it just, cause it's it, an all-star. It's season. an all-stars. Yeah. So there's that high expectation, of course. Um, and, and, and that's, that's important, you know? So there was definitely, definitely uh, unlike the first time for sure. And, but I did enjoy it more this time. Believe it or not, I enjoyed it more. I had more fun in it. I, um, Are you a better chef? Yeah. I, I just feel like the, the way I went in this time was, it was unlike the way I went in the first time. I, I felt like maybe I just, I wasn't as experienced as a human being the first time. Like there was things that I still had to learn. How old myself. were you uh, when you first did the show? Um, I think I was probably 24. And how many years would you five? Uh, you know, I will we'll say I was, yeah. And then, and now I'm, I'm 29. How many years would you say, uh, at the age of 25, you had uh cooking experience? Uh, at 25, I think, uh, well, I started when I was 14 Earl. I literally, the other day, I just had my birthday and you as well. Happy, happy birthday. When's your birthday? The, I'm September 14th and you are September 17th. Yeah, right? absolutely. Virgos. Virgos. <laughs> Two in a room. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it was, um, it's been 15 years that I started in the hospitality restaurant industry. 
And um, it's been 15 years that I was like, oh man, like how, how can somebody who's not 30 have put in 15 years right. in such an industry? And, uh, you know, it definitely made me feel old, even though I'm still in my 20s, you know? So it was, it was cool. It was, you know, all the hard work that I've put in, all the blood, the sweat, the tears. When I was 19, I was a chef in Australia. I didn't know anyone. You know, it was one of the most difficult times in my life, but I learned from it. I became better. Um, going to Johnson and Wales University to learn the craft of culinary arts at 17. Um, these were experiences that you just don't get you know, anywhere else. Uh, this was just, it was a blessing. At 21, I was head chef of a New York City restaurant. Um, at 22, I decided that, you know, cooking was, was intense. Uh, high blood pressure was real. So I managed a restaurant in Times Square at a multi-million dollar corporation um, across from Wicked. You know, so these were things that I just, I've gone through it. I've seen it. I've been there. I've done that. Um, so I definitely, although I'm young, I, I have my my bumps, my bruises, <laughs> my, my cuts, my burns, my blood, my sweat, my, my, you know, everything. I've learned it all. And I still have much to learn about life. I think you can always improve. Of course. Like, you know, I've been doing stand-up 18 years now. I can always get better. Yeah. I think when you stop wanting to learn, you, you stop improving. And sometimes you die. Yeah, I mean, you know, it depends how old you are. <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, there's no really... Uh, competition for hell's kitchen i mean it's the cooking show it i believe that i mean i um i, mean, I know there's other shows we won't mention we won't because <laughs> cool? this is about hell's kitchen but it is the only show i ever would have gone on and it's the only you know it's the only show that i really felt like was for me because i really do feel like this was for me um i don't think that they have a hell's kitchen all-stars without josh <laughs> i mean obviously i have to think that and feel that way but no, you're very, like, you're someone, I mean, I know you, so, but, like, even before I knew you, I was like, oh, like, when I met you the night at the comedy yeah, store. Yeah, I mean, you did. In my head, I was on stage one night, and I saw Josh to my right, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's Josh from Hell's Kitchen. Awesome. Uh, I can't really remember a lot of people's names from that show, because it's not that they're not memorable, but they aren't. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, you know, there was that funny... Uh, Maybe two seasons ago, he's kind of heavy set Italian guy. He was always messing up and sweating into the you know oh, the no. pans. I, but he was great for the show. But I don't remember his name. Sure, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's funny though. Well, thank you, Earl, and, and I appreciate you having me. You know, and it's it's awesome, and I appreciate all you know. Any time that you can be recognized for for your hard work, it's it's important. You know, it's and, and it's appreciative. Oh I, yeah. I know that all the hard work that you put in as a comedian and, you know, as an entertainer and, you know, there's really just, unless you've done something where you've given everything you have, you can't really understand another person's give or, or life or determinations, you know? No, I mean, I can't uh, criticize you or any contestant on Hell's Kitchen uh, for anything you guys do because I, I don't cook. So uh, <laughs> like when you guys burn the scallops. <laughs> constantly right <laughs> every episode well i mean that's the thing that uh, you know that was something i had to make sure that i would never mess up in my history of hell's kitchen look it up scallops are perfect every time but i mean like <laughs> to me like you know i love the show but uh it's a little unnerving like eight episodes in sometimes when someone's still burning the scallops it's like uh <laughs> what know, are you doing like, here come on dude like, yeah i'm not a cook and even i know like that's a our scallops why, why do they seem so hard to cook on? Yeah, uh, well, 
A hundred percent. They are a delicate creature for sure. Uh, 30 so, seconds on each side, 30 right? 30 seconds on each side. That's it. But your, your pan has to be scorching hot. So what they do is they take a U10 scallop, um, meaning under, under 10 of them to equal one pound, right? So some of these babies are big. So what they do is, is they'll cut the scallop in half. Now you have a half of a scallop, which leaves you with about, I'd say, half of an inch, you know? So basically, if your pan's not scorching hot and you don't throw a little bit of oil, wait till it's on fire, put your scallop 30 seconds, flip it over 30 seconds, you're going to have a perfect sear on both sides. It has to be hot. If not, it steams and there you have yourself some, you know, some gum. Right, it gets <laughs> all mushy. Gum. Yeah, it gets it gets it gets like uh, like a like a puck, like a hockey puck. And then even if the scallops are like perfectly cooked and someone's uh behind yeah. on uh the the sal- the salad or the apps or uh yeah. you know the steak after the scallops is not ready, you have to hold <laughs> off. Yeah. Th- that can uh be a fly in the of ointment. Of course, of course, yeah. And that and that one wing is trying to flap out while the other right. one's stuck in the ointment, right? And pizza seems to be very hard to cook for some people. Well, it's funny you say that. Actually, um, I've had experience with the pizza myself, and it can be very hard to cook. Um, Why really is can. that? So basically, the, the, the oven. Uh, you have a pizza oven, and if you've never used a pizza oven, those things get to be you know, 500, 600 degrees. And there's hot spots in there. Uh, you have to make sure that you don't have too much semolina. If not, it'll burn. So it's like a real, it's, I mean, it's a recipe, right. I mean, just cooking it. Uh, you got to make sure that you're turning it. So if you don't have experience with pizza, then you're not going to do it. I, I was a pizza chef, actually. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Jersey boy. I'm Italian. So if I don't, if I don't know how to cook pizza, then, then I got other things to worry about. Uh, but I was a pizza chef. I, you know, I used to flip pizzas in the air. So being on Hell's Kitchen cooking pizza, that's, that's cool for me. But I can definitely understand how people would have trouble with it because that it's a very it's a tough it's a tough thing to tackle. And you're under a time constraint. Of course. And guess who's well, see the funny thing with the pizza oven is it's right in front of Chef Ramsay. So the closest cooking vessel to Chef Ramsay is the pizza oven. So if you can handle the the heat from the oven and the heat from Ramsay, then I guess you're you're okay at making pizzas. <laughs> Now, how real is the, uh, you know, there's some episodes where uh, some of the uh, chefs sabotage another chef. I mean, is that, is that like, is it really, uh, and I, once again, I don't want to get you in trouble. Sure. You, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just curious on how reality shows work. Like, is, is like the sabotage really real? I mean, I, does that really happen? You know, when you're on the show, you feel like everything is like out to get you. Like there is sabotage. Like you think that like Gordon Ramsay's got this like remote control to all the ovens and just pushes a button and they all go off. <laughs> like you feel that <laughs> that's the way you feel when you're there. Uh, but no, it, there's no sabotage only of what is in that person's heart. Right. Right. So if there's a person there of a contestant that has this malice towards you and doesn't want to see you do well, then I do believe that that person decides in their own right to decide to do their best to, you know, sabotage you, right? Because I would imagine that you, some of them uh, aren't actors. You Like you're a uh, cook slash actor. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm a multi. I, I feel like those, a lot of those people are one trick ponies. And uh, that is, that is it's, they live, they breathe, they die, you know, by their, by their crap. And, and, and not that I, I won't, it's just that, you know, I have 
some dignity about myself and, and I won't, I don't want to hurt somebody to win no matter what it is, whether it's a feeling or whatever it is, you know? Um, but winning when you're a champion, you win regardless of that. Right. Right. When you're a champion, um, you don't have to sabotage to win. You just win. That's how I approach. Unless you're the Patriots, right? Patriots are unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, I'm a Steeler guy, so, uh, but you know, the Steelers. We we, share Pittsburgh, you and I. Yeah. We share Pennsylvania. I'm sorry. Not Uh, Pittsburgh. Geez, what am I saying? Well, I dated a girl from Doylestown. Oh, Doylestown. Uh, Doylestown, PA. And we're still friends. Share the state. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. I mean, oh man, I was in, uh, I was going to say San Diego, but I can't say that, right? Well, should have been <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't know. Oh, no, I was in Philly in LA in Carson. That's where I was. I, I was know. in Philly in LA in Carson. And that was one of the most memorable games of my life. I, I mean, mean, it was like an Eagles home game. It's embarrassing. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh my God. We didn't need, I mean, LA, you would think not having two football teams, you'd think the the residents of this city would just freak out that we got two. Well, no one gives a shit. Nobody cares. Well, it's no a lot to cares. handle. I mean, it's like if you're, you know, you're a virgin, you never had a girlfriend before. And now two of the hottest girls, you know, want to come hang out. You don't know what to do. <laughs> you may not know what to do. You're not trained for it. You brought two football teams at the same time in a city that doesn't really care about football. You'd think it would, though. I mean, you, not uh, when the, not when you can surf and, and, you know, go for a walk outside, uh, you know, at. Well, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, it is just, the competition for uh, sports, entertainment, a dollar yeah. slash attention. I mean, you've got just in LA this year, you got two football teams, you've got two hockey teams. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, you've got him <laughs> and his uh, dad. Yeah, the dad. Uh, <laughs> dad's out of control. So you've got uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, you're in Hollywood, the entertainment capital it's of the lot. world. It's a lot. So you have to uh, win or people just don't care. And and, and that's, a, that's a shame. You know, and I love football so much and I love my team. I love fantasy and I don't, I don't play for the money just because I, I find the sport just so interesting and, and I really enjoy it. Um, but it's just different. You know, I grew up on the East Coast. Um, you know, we had winter where, you know, it's December and all you really want to do is just watch the Eagles game with your dad. Like, that's all I wanted to do. All I wanted to do was watch the game with my dad growing up. Oh, that's yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. You know, um, here it's just, you know, it's, there's other things to do with your dad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, you go to Malibu, uh, then yeah, uh, of course hiking. Uh, I mean, there's, there's other things to do on a Sunday morning at 10 AM. Right. And that's another thing, you know, it's the. At 10 a.m., people are at brunch yeah, on I mean, Sunday. It's just there's so many things to do. that, But you can be in a non-traditional uh, uh, city. Of course. And be, look at the uh, Nashville Predators. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes. The fan base there is incredible. Maybe, uh, I don't want to say the greatest, but a top five fan base in all, all four of the major sports. I mean, that city goes nuts for the Predators. Uh, but that's because they're winning. Yeah. You know, well, the uh, coach is great too. He actually took my team to a cup. You know that? The great Peter Laviolette. Yeah. La- yep. Uh, I think I said that right. Laviolette. Laviolette. Yeah. Well, in Montreal, they would probably say Laviolette. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you had like the Kings when they won two cups yeah, in three with years. Yeah, all my players, man. Uh, all I know. my flyers. Thank you, Philly. Thank Carter, you. Carter, Richards, Gagne, uh, Williams. And uh, the great uh, Dean Lombardi, the general manager Jeez. at the time. Uh, brought in Ron Hextall. Uh, now <laughs> yeah. Hextall brought in Lombardi yeah, back in Philly. Philly. And we look, I think 
and we look, you know, pretty competitive. And I want the Broad Street Bullies back, man. Well, I miss that. I miss hockey when it was like football. Well, by the <laughs> way, I don't mean to plug uh, other people's uh, pod, uh, not podcasts, but there is an amazing documentary that just got uh, out on Netflix uh, October 1st. It's called Ice Guardians. Oh, wow. And uh, it's about the, the enforcers of the NHL. And it's an hour and a half. Man, I got to watch that tonight. Dave the Hammer Schultz must have been. He's in it. He's got to be. Although I wasn't a big fan of his. I thought he was. Of course not. You're a Penguins fan, right? No, I'm a huge King fan. Always been a King fan. Oh, you've always been a King fan. Wow. I started off as a Ranger fan. With a Montreal Canadian shirt on. I know. Well, I love the logo. (laughs) This is such a, uh, as the kids say, dope logo. The kids are saying dope a lot now. I have a Canadian's long sleeve shirt on for those. Inappropriate or will be going video soon, but uh, right now we're audio. Um, I don't really. Such a pretty face. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I do all right. I I like the glasses too. Oh, I need the glasses. The glasses are not uh, for uh, show. Like I don't have a Buddy Holly. (laughs) No, they don't look for show. They're pretty thick. Oh, dude, (laughs) I I could fry. You could fry an egg perfectly on these things. (laughs) I have a really bad stigmatism in my left eye, and it's so bad. Even I went to a laser doctor, and he's like, "Dude, we can't really fix it." Oh shit, that's Uh, you know it's bad when a doctor says there's no hope. But. you know, I, I kind of like glasses. I could do the contact lenses, but have uh, you tried it? You don't like touching your eyeballs, right? Um, I'm very clumsy, so I, it's Me just too, Earl, uh, and I do it every morning. Do you well, have I forget contacts? about it sometimes. Yeah, I um, do. I just uh, I've tried the glasses thing. I feel like I get dizzy right. when I wear glasses, and then I don't wear the glasses, so then I can't see anything. Which for a cook, I guess, might be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seeing is believing, man. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm you know grew up a Steeler guy uh, in their best. Jack Lambert, your buddy. Jack Lambert, I have a great, uh, uh, great uh, framed picture. Uh, well, I, you know, but I grew up a Ranger fan because uh, I, I got the Ranger games on cable as a kid on WOR. Uh, you know, King games weren't televised. Sure. And when I was a kid, so the Rangers, the New York Rangers, hockey, uh, not yeah. the. The what are they the the Texas Rangers? The Texas Rangers. No, I'm never really liked the Texas Rangers. <laughs> nah, but, nobody uh, does. They had a player on the Rangers by the name of Barry Beck, who uh, Beck. Yeah, he he was. Uh, this is the late '70s, early '80s. He was the biggest player in the league. Uh, he was six three, you know, two fifteen. Now that wouldn't even be. No, they don't even like Keith Primo might have been the last of that kind. Right, but he stood out because he was so much bigger than everyone. Like, sure. Uh, and he was just dominating. He, his body checks would just. Uh, there's a great um, nine minute highlight reel of uh, if you YouTube Barry Beck. I think it's greatest hits. Every hit would be a penalty today. Yeah. Like, he's like running guys. He's yeah. jumping into them. He's elbowing them. But it's just the greatest nine minutes of this. I, I have to see it. Oh, it's really um, even if you don't like hockey. You know, I love the. I love the oh, just the contact. You know, football. I know that they're. They. It's like a car accident. You know, football right. is very oh intense. My God. But hockey, there's just elegance to the the fighting, to the hitting. Like there's, it's it's really it's just crafted. And I played in college, and you know. It was some of the most memorable years of my entire life was playing on that ice for for my team, you know? Uh, I actually started the team. We're still intercollegiate. We're in the Blue Ridge Ice Hockey Conference, Johnson & Wales University. 
Okay. And uh, I played in, in Charlotte and I was the, I was the bruiser. I was the goon, you know, I was, you're a big uh, dude. I, yeah. I mean, I was, when I was playing Earl, I was uh, on skates. I was 275 pounds and I was probably six, five, you know, with my skates on. So I would go and, and I could skate. I was, you know, pretty elusive. And, uh, you know, I was, I had a slap shot and I was team captain and I just loved it. I loved the way it felt just to be out on that ice with my team. And there's no greater feeling. The last play I ever did was, was getting a fight and get ejected too versus the Citadel. Okay. Uh, those guys, they were hungry, man. They, uh, military school and, uh, they, they would run five miles before the games. And it was just like, you know, so, okay, so I'm ready to go too. <laughs> Let's well, it's go. such a great sport. It's but, such a great, uh, and there's a mutual respect there. You know, it's almost unwatchable though. Now, like I, even last night, I, what, uh, game I was watching the penguins and the blues game and it was a good game, but there's no emotion. There's no, no, uh, but you watch this, uh, documentary ice guardians and you, you kind of get the, you know, you kind of almost start feeling guilty that you miss the old days yeah. and uh you know like there's this one scene and he's a, a dude i've actually met at a comedy show the great uh, flyer uh todd fedoric oh man that's great yeah, but it's really sad because uh there, there was a brothers too wasn't there a couple uh well there was uh the sutter brothers the sutter brothers which yeah. were six of them yeah the, in the league on, at one I time think there was they were on the flyers we ron and rich yeah. were uh, on the flyers i think brent and Dwayne were on the Islanders. Daryl was on Chicago. Oh, crazy. And there was, uh, but there's this segment where, uh, you know, and it's high def, so uh, they close up on his face. Wow. And uh, I think the interviewer said, what are your injuries? And he just literally starts going, <laughs> oh, uh, steel plate here, steel plate there, mesh in my jawline. But, I mean, it was like... Uh, it was like you kind of wow you know and i used to cheer this guy on when he would fight and like you kind of feel at least i started to feel guilty yeah like, i i, I totally know. get it 100 uh, percent. and then you know just they had dave schultz on and you know i mean to me he was kind of you know a lot of those flyer teams from the 70s i made i might cause some controversy by saying <laughs> this uh the great i mean stanley cup champs they won by brutality yeah, they were uh, two time two times two time. i think 75 76. 76 yes uh but the interesting thing about uh the flyers in that time frame is uh they were uh i guess you'd say a group upon <laughs> a group mentality a wolf pack oh yeah uh, you mess with one guy you mess with the whole you got team. six guys yeah, yeah. but well, i mean even perrant i mean like these well, he must have felt the safest guy on in the league. I mean, you, no one touched him, the no. goalie. Uh, but he was crazy in his own right, too. But, you know, I think part of that was because he had the, uh, in his brain, that, hey, I've got Schultz, I've got DuPont, I've got oh, Kelly, I've God. got Seleski, I've got Bobby Clark, yeah, Bobby Clark. Mel Bridgman. Uh, but a lot of these guys, when they went to other teams, you know, they didn't quite play so tough anymore. No, it's true, because they, I mean... Well, see, Philly is a culture. Unless you're in Philadelphia and you've gone to a game, you really can't understand that it's their lives. In Philadelphia, it's a very humble town. Um, you know, there's really not much to do around there except for cheer for your sports teams. Go out with your friends. It's a very brotherly, loved city. Like, you, that's all you have. You have your sports, you have your friends, your family, and that's what you do. That's where you go. And um, I don't know, like, even as a player, I know they can feel it. They can feel what that city has to offer and they play for it. 
And I do, oh, sure. I do believe that. I do believe that the fans really allow these players to find different characteristics of themselves. Well, it was just funny though. I think like when Mel Bridgman went to, uh, it was either, I'm not sure which team he went to after Philly first. It was either Detroit or Jersey. <laughs> Clearly was not the same player because he had like, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have Dave Schultz backing me up yeah. anymore. Or, you know, Ben Wilson or, you know, and, and so he had to fight his own battles. Yeah. But Dave Schultz, even uh, when he went to the Kings. That's right. He was certainly a pretty tough dude, but uh, he definitely. Uh, less less aggressive because of the, the backing. Yeah. And uh, like I, there was, uh, I think Rob Zombie did a documentary on the, I think it was called the Broad Street Bullies. Shoot, and uh, yeah. it was great because it, you know, the Flyers started to get so tough because they got beat up by the St. Louis Blues in one playoff series. And Ed Snyder, the owner, the rest in peace, uh, he was like, fuck this. We're going to build a, like a gorilla team and we're going to beat up the Blues. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, the only thing I was uh, didn't like about the documentary was it didn't really show how the Flyers dynasty ended. Oh, wow. Which was when Clark Gillies uh, of the New York Islanders beat the shit out of Schultz. And it was We don't just, remember that. Right, but it was so like it just, and then the Islanders went on to win, of course. course well, the I, the, yeah, the Islanders were, uh, they took over where Philly kind of ended. But it was just so uh, interesting the, the psychological of the torch kind of thing. Oh, yeah. To uh, not have the backing of, you know, here is Clark Gillies, big dude. And the Islanders had some tough players, you know, uh, Bob Nystrom and Gary Howitt, but. You know, they didn't have what Philly had, like just seven guys who could just kill you. <laughs> That'll just beat the uh, shit out of you. And then Gillies, it just totally demoralized the team yeah. uh, for years. Uh, and then, uh, you know, same thing with other, uh, probably my, an ex-flyer, uh, probably my one of my favorite players, uh, a man by the name of Ed Boxcar Hospodar. Huh. He was very tough wow. on the Rangers. Probably the one of the toughest guys in the league. And once again, Clark Gillies uh, broke his jaw with Jeez. one punch. He was never the same. Wow. Ended up turning into a dirty player. Like yeah. He was so scared. Man, that's uh, a shame. And I don't blame him. But Clark Gillies was... Uh, you know, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. You see some of these guys back then, they had 30, 40 fighting majors. Uh, and then Clark Gillies had like maybe five a year because no one wanted to fight him. That's crazy. So the, I think in hockey, it's under the wrong assumption that the best fighters fight a lot. The best fighters don't have to yeah, fight. Like Barry Beck. Yeah. He never had to fight. Even him and Clark Gillies had a rule. We won't fight each other. Cause well, they who, were wants to, who wants to fight Mike Tyson? Uh well, I mean, he's a, that's another great example. Like, you know, you know, he, I think his uh, problems was he was a bully and he was, you know, I think most bullies I find are mentally weak. And the minute you crack that, that first uh, wave in their head of, I'm not the toughest dude anymore. Why isn't this guy afraid of me? Uh, their know. psyche is, yeah. yeah Especially I mean, when you're, when you're, a, you have this power over yourself. And once you let that little, negativity or that doubt in it's over it just starts to crack and the, the oak just <laughs> empties out yeah i mean like with tyson i think in the holy field what he had to do you know was, well he was gone by then yeah like, you know i think his problem started around 86 when he fought the great mike weaver Jeez. and it's a fight not many people talk about because tyson ended up killing him but I think Weaver was the first guy to kind of Her, go after Tyson. Yeah. Like, okay. And then, you know. Well, he was knocking everybody out. 
I mean, oh, there was destroying nobody. People. Yeah, just just hitting them in the, like 15 seconds into a into a first round. Yeah, like, I people mean, people are going down. Most of his fights were two rounds, uh, and then you know, Buster Douglas was Buster like the Douglas. first guy to you know uh, get knocked out by Tyson and get back up, and that had to just totally demoralize. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, you could see the look in his eyes. It's like that Confusion. scene in Rocky, <laughs> yeah, where Apollo, Apollo Creed knocks him down. He's doing the hands in the air. I got this fight. He uh, turns around and sees Rocky getting up, and like it's this the guy, best. It's a great expression. Scene. That's a great tell. point. That's awesome. Carl Weathers is like, oh fuck. That is one of the, and honestly, I cry every time I see that scene. Oh being, yeah, being from Philly and you know being born there and because I get up. flashbacks of yeah. like you know he's getting he's trying to get up as a corner meant to stay down, <laughs> stay down, and it's like stay down, stay like, down. This is like what doing comedy in L.A. is like. You yeah. Know? Uh, you're going to get knocked down, man. But you got no one telling you to uh, get back up. You just got to get back up. It's just your best friend's going to stay down. Yeah, your best friend's like, God, man, I, I'm not going to wipe your ass for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you're out. Yeah. So, but you uh, know what? You know what you got left in the tank. Nobody yeah. else does. Well, Tyson just didn't have a good, uh, I don't, once Gus D'Amato died, who was his mentor, yeah, his, I think he just surrounded backing. himself with... Uh, Yes, man, and and then you know the two uh, Razor Ruddock fights. Uh, you know Razor Ruddock was really he was an animal, uh, and he went after Tyson. Uh, you know he was like one of the few guys to go. I'm going to take your best shot, but I'm going to hit yeah. you back too. <laughs> I think Tyson said he <laughs> Razor Ruddock hit like a mule. Uh, and but, for Mike Tyson to say that, it had to have yeah. been true. And then, you know, by the time he got to Holyfield, he was just done. Yeah. And he should have never have taken that fight. And, and you know, to we not wear a mouthpiece. Money. Yeah, it's a shame. It's crazy. 400 it's million. Shame. I don't think I could blow 400 million. Is that how I, much it was? He, uh, well, no, he blew, he, uh, he was filed for bankruptcy a couple he, he years ago. And they said money, he yeah. blew, uh, you know, it's crazy. That, just a crazy million dollar amount. I don't think you could. It's like that show, uh, that movie, Brewster's Millions. Like, I don't think you could blow that much money, even if you tried. Uh, I mean, that's just mind-boggling to me. But he seems to be right. doing better, Tyson. He's doing like a one-man show. Oh, I honestly, I uh, I respect the guy. Anytime you can go through what you've gone through in your life, you know, the ups, the downs, the oh my god like the the ducks the dives you know and be where you are today and, and you, that's not to mention the trauma that you don't know what's going on in his head well oh my god you I know mean, there's i mean the trauma that i mean okay so if you're going to be a football player and then there's the ct i'm yeah. sorry if i said it wrong let's see uh ct yeah ct so ct ct yeah so if you know if if that's a real thing then i can only imagine what getting punched in the head repeatedly for a living could do to someone you know it's it's unfortunate, you know, that obviously we all know that there's repercussions for our actions. Um, you know, it's just, that's what he's dealing with. Like, that's the mind of, of a fighter. Yeah, um, or any athlete. Or any, or any uh, person that's getting hit in the head. You watch uh, that movie Concussion, and it's it's kind of based about the Steelers, although it's like, oh, wow. uh, I guess it's about the league, but, the you know, they seem to focus in on the Steelers. Uh, there's that scene where Mike Webster... Uh, is in his car he's lost his mind and he was the center maybe the greatest center of all time uh but he at the end of his life he was literally living in his car under a bridge 
uh, and like he was That's crazy because if you ever watch those old Steeler clips in the seventies, it could be negative thirty, and Mike <laughs> Webster was the only one. Short sleeves. Beyond, he had no sleeves. <laughs> no like sleeves. he had his. He was a pretty big dude, so his his jersey was so tight that the the sleeves were going oh, up his arm. There's <laughs> nothing. It was thirty below, and he's playing in basically one shirt. Well, everyone else is the long johns on, and uh, and nobody questioned then to ask him oh how my he was God. doing, huh? Well, I mean, I have you a, know, it's like oh, they didn't care. It yeah. was like I think in the Ice Guardians documentary, you know, now if you even are hinted at having a concussion, that you have to sit in the quiet room for fifteen minutes, yeah. And uh, you know, back then they said you, uh, they showed a clip. Of, I think it was Dennis Savard of the Blackhawks. He hit his head on the ice, and he played without a helmet. Shit! Oh and my god! You just see the trainer not asking him one question, just giving him the smelling salt and going get back out there. Oh, basically, man. I mean, and it, well, I think what's really going to be bad is. Uh, the MMA fighters from the early, you know, the early going, like, like Ken Shamrock oh and uh, I mean Chuck Liddell and I mean my God, I mean I know Tank Abbott, Tank Abbott's. I mean yeah, I mean I mean we could keep going on. Oh, I mean I I, I uh, these guys. I don't yeah. want to say who he is because you know I, I love him to death, but uh, you know I know someone who uh, was fought in the early like UFC one. And, wow. uh, like, this is basically, uh, I'm not going to say like John McCain said it was human cockfighting, but it was pretty close. Oh, shoot. I think the only rules were, uh, no eye gouging and no ball shots, Yeah, but they were pretty liberal El- elbows, knees. I mean, you do anything headbutts. Uh, I'm sure they got away with for the most part, accidental headbutts. <laughs> and, uh, he's, uh, the concussions that they got, uh, it's not, it's uh, MMA fighters. I think in 10 years or are going to have a real uh they're, they're going to be in the news yeah. unfortunately well they're getting knocked out you know like they're, they're they're they literally won't stop the fight unless they feel as the person cannot defend themselves right so what is that a lot of these guys are tougher than nails you know you you can defend yourself getting the shit knocked out of you i mean we've seen it we've seen guys with their hands up out of it because they got hit in the head like uh what's his name um dc um, versus um, John um, John Jones John Jones yeah and that that fight was I mean that was a great fight and I do I do love watching I I um oh I watch I'm ordering there's a great card uh this Saturday UFC two sixteen that's, right. that's right Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee and uh, of course there's a heavyweight fight uh, the great uh, Fabricio yes, Verdum Fabricio and I'm a huge and who's he he's fighting? he's fighting the Black Beast Derek Lewis wow. Uh, cause I saw in your resume, you uh, have some jujitsu training, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. I was, uh, in, in, in Brooklyn, I would go to Brooklyn Brazilian jujitsu. Uh, I've taken some classes here as well. And I, I did it f- just really because I feel like it's good for your mind, your, your, your body, your spirit. Um, and, and being able to pass that knowledge on to others, especially friends, uh, females, loved ones, you know, cause it is a very, you have to know this. It's a, it's, it's self-defense. Um, they, they, they teach praying, right? Like you put your hands as if you were praying and, and keeping your, your low base uh, center of gravity so that you can kind of, you know, swat away any attacker. Um, it, it's, it's leverage. And I love that. It's, it's an art. And I think people forget that fighting is an art. I think they think of it as this animalistic, barbaric, caged, and it can be, and I get it. 
But if you watch some of these fights, they are so technical and, and, and so like such a chess battle. I'm going to take my very best traits and I'm going to try to get your weaknesses and find a way in. And he's going to do that to me. Like John Jones, he waited that entire fight. I think that DC, he put up a good fight. I thought he was going to win. I really did. Well, it was up until that point. I really did. I picked him to win. Um, and then I see John Jones with that six foot 11 leg yeah. pop up. And that knee caught him in the, oh my, it was over. And he got punched in the face how many times after? Yeah. You I know, mean, like, I guess that's the part that I, I, I'm having trouble because these guys are so tough that they're not going to take that. That would, that would put you out until next Tuesday. Oh my you God. Know? And you look at <laughs> like Vanderlei Silva, like that guy's, cause he fought. Oh, so, yeah. Some of those guys you fought. Fighting. Yeah. And that's He's not 50, good. 48 uh, or 44, whatever he is. And. Anderson Silva and so many guys, uh, you know, who fought in Pride. Um, oh, was it, Uriah the, Faber was started in Pride. I, I don't think he, he started in the WEC. Oh, WEC. Uh, but right. like guys like Dan Henderson. Oh, Dan, uh, yeah, Dan Henderson. Well, Dan Henderson is one of the baddest dudes ever to do it. And uh, I saw him at uh, Matsuhisa. Wow. On, uh, I think I said that right. The sushi place yeah. in La Cienega, and I was like. Wanted to go up to him so bad and go, hey, dude, I'm just a big fan. And he looks so intimidating. Really? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, he's cool. probably my size, but like... Uh, Ripped? Uh, he's, he's <laughs> he looks a little better than I do. Uh, we're the same age. Uh, Shit. So it always bums me out when uh, people he's... talk about how old he is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also with uh, Yarmir Yager. He's still playing. He signed yesterday with yes. the Calgary Flames. Yeah, with the Calgary Flames. And 45 years old. I'm going, God, fun. he's old. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm four years older than he is. So, <laughs> yeah, he's old. Damn it. Uh, but you have to respect these guys. You know, it's it's funny because if they stopped, they would die, right? You know, I think some of them would like and Shamrock. The, and, yeah. But they're going to die. Uh, Regardless, you know, if it's from head trauma or a broken heart, you know, and, and to these to these fighters that have dedicated their entire lives, they'd much rather die from head trauma than a broken heart. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, th they asked. And that's that's why they got into it. Believing that. Well, I don't want to spoil the ending of Ice Guardians for anyone, but like they I think that was one of the last uh, parts of the documentary is they asked about they had about seven or eight guys uh, that were the featured uh, interviews. Colton Orr, uh, Todd Fedoric, uh, Luke Gadzik, uh, and uh, Kevin Westgarth, and a couple other guys. Uh, would you do it again, knowing what you know now? Sure. And every single one. 100. Uh, probably the saddest one was Kelly Chase, who uh, played in the St. Louis Blues. And, uh, you know, you don't think any of these guys is crying or, you, you know, uh, having any kind of sad emotion. Of course. Uh, he, he welled up. And, and started crying. He's like, I've do it over a yep. hundred times. 100. Uh, you know, it's like, wow. You kind of start to well up. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, it's all they know. It's all they've loved. You know, it's their first love, their last love. It's, you know, it's like taking away a child <laughs> to them. Well, it sucks for some of those guys. Because if you played hockey in the 80s, you probably were lucky to maybe uh, make a hundred grand. Oh, that's the, that's the word. And they're getting paid handsomely today oh today it's like now i think they were uh, getting a couple hundred but yeah like like a thousand dollars a game connor mcdavid just signed uh you know 12 and a half million dollar a year deal uh jack eichel from the buffalo sabers just wow. signed uh what was it uh 80 million dollar deal Jeez. uh 
so you know someone like uh, you know Barry Beck, you know Ed Hospodar, uh, you know Bobby Clark. They probably Bobby made, Orr. Look, if Bobby Orr probably made maybe two hundred grand a year. Yeah, and you know, well, he probably saved it because he's a big agent now. But uh, well, and I, he's one of my favorite hockey players. And it's funny because so one of my favorite well, Paul Coffey is probably my favorite. Well, he was um, amazing, but I, he had I, a lot of help. He did have a lot I of mean, help. My, when you look at uh, those Oiler teams of the the late 70s and 80s you had it's kind of like the Steelers you know when the Steelers were in their prime they had nine Hall of Famers yeah that's half your team was ba- you couldn't they could not be around today with that salary no, no cap. you can't their salary cap would be a half a billion dollars and that's why dynasties happened back then because of the salaries yeah because you didn't well and there was no salary cap yeah. so you look at who the Oilers had on one team you had oh my god uh, Gretzky, Gretzky wasn't Messier, Messier on there Glenn uh, Anderson, Paul Coffey, Coffey, a Grant Fuhrer, yeah, uh, Yari Curry. Uh, um, I mean, that's six guys out of your twenty uh, rosters that were um, Hall of Famers. Yeah, and then Paul, and then Coffey went with Lemieux and <laughs> those guys. To he came Pittsburgh. out here to L.A. Uh, you know, he did all right, and then he we came out here to L.A. He did. You know, they were just getting all Gretzky's buddies. Uh, right and they had a nice run 93 finals yeah they came out to la illegal stick uh coffee and killed us yeah but uh you know but you can imagine the shape some of those guys are going to be in in a couple years Uh, those late uh, 70s early 80s athletes they didn't make that much money so now they're broke they're probably 60 70 years old you know it's like no obviously there's no uh (laughs) you know great future for them in, in the world of sports yeah uh i mean bobby uh or was smart enough to go hey i'm going to be an agent now yeah he, uh, and he's um and he's one of the top agents he's one of the top because he understands the game he understands the business he understands the players but you know a lot of those guys he's one of the best ever to do it oh well and and he had two bad knees i think he's the best ever to do it honestly nobody played defense like that guy and a goal scorer yeah i mean you know, he, did he was it a all. goal scorer and he had two bad knees. Two I mean, awful like, knees. That well, because I can Pads only imagine different. the technology. Yeah. If he was around today, oh uh, man, he, you know, like I have a torn ACL uh, in my right leg. The surgeon was unbelievable. Uh, I basically have a new knee. My new. Awesome. Uh, but but if I had to have an ACL surgery and and like the mid 70s like bobby Orr. yeah man the technology wasn't there like they, how can you play with that now it's a micro incision right? yeah that's exactly yeah. what it was they go in they like it's it's non-abuse non uh what do they call it non-abrasive. non-invasive and they're done and you play you play like six months later oh yeah I later mean, uh adrian peterson i was perfect example adrian peterson who became who was mvp after his uh his surgery right yeah came back stronger uh you know i don't mean to brag but that the uh, last trophy over there was uh the uh leading scorer in the second highest ball hockey division in california at the age of 48 that's all awesome. wait you play ball hockey right now oh yeah absolutely well, why can't i play i want to play with you You can't well i'm a semi-retired oh get back I, i'll plug the place because they've they've uh yeah, they've done a lot for me it's the uh if you're interested in playing ball hockey you're in california garden grove uh is the area it's uh just before orange county the socal oh. street hockey uh league i think it's socalstreethockey.com on feet on feet it's in wow. a rank 
Uh, it's very competitive, though. Of like, course it is. The first thing I... When no I tell, hitting, right? <laughs> uh, there's enough. Uh, it's not... Um, I only need a little bit. I don't need I don't need too much anymore. There's enough. I, I mean, just it's, need... I like a little little like a little like brush, you know? I, I, like a, I like to be contacted. I feel like it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Well, uh, but there's enough, uh, <laughs> especially in the higher divisions, like uh, in the, uh, the gold division, which is the highest, and then there's silver, bronze, and copper. Uh, you know, gold division is basically, uh, for us anyway, a, a pro ball hockey league. Wow. Uh, in, in the summer, uh, the great Mitch Callahan plays. And uh, really? if you're a hockey guy, uh, you know Mitch Callahan wow. is a Edmonton Oilers prospect. Uh, so we get, And he brought someone else uh, to play with him this summer uh, who's, who I think was is also an Oilers prospect. So you know, me. pro players are playing in this league. Uh, that's cool so it and it's really amazing to see an nhl <laughs> caliber player playing ball hockey sure I, I mean it's i remember i took the ball from him once and i didn't know who he was yeah uh and it was a clean play i just lifted his stick up uh and, and took the ball and i got back to the bench and someone was like don't do that again i'm like why not yeah that's funny i mm -hmm. you know and i was like I just I didn't elbow him. I didn't slash him. I just and he's like uh, that guy plays on the uh, at the time the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, uh, just don't do it again. <laughs> it's funny that yeah, there's like it's frowned upon to challenge these people, but you know don't play then. Well, he's a great guy. He's he's Mitch is amazing. I'm, uh, they're all amazing. And guess what? He wouldn't he wouldn't want you right. to do that. He wants you to respect him and play him, man. I mean, I remember once I tripped him by accident. Well, that may <laughs> he might. No, I really, he was cool about it, right? He stepped on my stick. And uh, he fell into the corner, and I actually. <laughs> so this is how you play, Earl, huh? Well, I used to be a your, tough your guy. Your jokes are dirty. Your hockey's dirty. Come on, man. But I literally, <laughs> I felt him uh, step on my stick. I'm like, oh, my God. So I put my arms underneath him as he was falling. I started apologizing <laughs> before he fell. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean I swear to God. And then this whole team was kind of looking at me like, dude. And I'm like, he stepped on my stick. I'm really, and you know, luckily. That's funny, man. In this league, everyone knows each other. I mean, I've been playing since 88 in this league. Uh, so like wow. they knew I wasn't uh, intentional, but. Uh, what year was I born? What year were you born? 88. Really? Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> That's cool, man. We're Virgos. It's a great, <laughs> but it's the only non-comedy thing I do. Oh, that's I. I would love to do that, man. That's uh, I play up in Burbank. Actually, I play roller hockey there. I do uh, ice hockey in Pasadena. Okay. Um, I know there's a. I, I'm sure I'm losing listeners talking about the yeah. The, I know we're talking the ball hockey scene in California, <laughs> but there is uh, something that goes on Thursday nights in Reseda, a ball hockey thing. Okay, Reseda's not too far. Yeah, either. I just I'm uh, I took a while off. Uh, from ball hockey in Garden Grove, just because it's like an hour drive for me. Yeah, and, it is far. Um, but it's worth it. Like I get to what I love, uh, especially is that it, it's there's no comics in the league. There's no actors. Yeah, uh, it's pure. It's, it's just it's, guys who work at Walmart. Yeah, the car dealers. Uh, you know, it's just it's great to be around just normal people for a couple hours uh, it's their getaway and yeah it's my getaway yeah, for and, sure and that's uh, and that's awesome and uh yeah and everyone you know it's like that's what i love and that's hard to find here like you're saying i mean like you know on the east coast there's no actors you know when you're playing a football or hockey or you're playing with that's what they do if, you, if, if they're a server at a restaurant that's what they do <laughs> yeah, that's their life 
You know, right. What you see is what you get. You know, you're getting 100%. There's no, uh, uh, I mean, of course, people ask me about like roast battle and stuff because they watch it, but like there's no, uh, there's no competition for yeah. me. Like it's just, uh, you know, and we're, and they're all hockey fans. So it's yeah. neat to, you know, bond over that. And, uh, well, that's, and that's, and that's awesome. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. It's great. I think everyone, whether you're a cook or an actor or a comic, uh, you know, you, and of course you should have an outside habit, hobby, <laughs> hobby. <laughs> and my phone is ringing so right now. A good habit. I don't know, uh, how to turn off the iPhone. So, uh, this, see, that's the iPad ringing. Oh, it's the iPhone ringing. You know, that's the beauty of inappropriate Earl is you get moments like a phone call in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. You just never know what you're going to get. Well, uh, th thank God it does. There you you think I would know I'm all Apple now. <laughs> I can't do the Mac, man. I, I love it. You do. It takes me a minute. I, I don't know. I like Microsoft. I feel like, uh, oh yeah, there's no, uh, I'm just, uh, what I love about, PC, uh, a PC guy. I used to be total PC guy, Dell computers, uh, but what I love about Apple is everything's synced. So if I'm at the gym <laughs> yeah. and I uh, think of a joke, uh, I, I can. Uh, That's great. Do uh, there's a thing on the iPhone called Notes, and you uh, or Pages. I'm sorry, it's called Pages. It's basically their Microsoft Word. Okay. And you could jot down the idea on Pages, and when you get home, it's on my iPad. Oh wow! So oh, it, it syncs up. Yeah, so it's great. That's uh, neat. So, uh, and I'm not very computer savvy, but for me, like I told my friend who's, you know, big computer nerd, he's like, Earl, there's many better things about Apple than that. I'm like that. I'm in heaven. Yeah. I'm a simple guy. Yeah. Know? So, uh, let's get back to, uh, Hell's Kitchen. Uh, well, well, <laughs> uh, what's, uh, I know you can't talk about, uh, you know, cause it's, it's already like, uh, is the finale going to be live? Um, oh, can you talk about that? I'm, I'm not sure what, um, so basically we're in what second episode is coming up next uh, week. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, oh yeah. Jeez. Tomorrow night. Oh my tomorrow gosh. night. Hell's kitchen. Tomorrow 8 night. Hell's kitchen. Yeah. 8 PM. On 8 PM Fox. on Fox. Thank you. Please watch. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow night, Friday night came up fast. Cause I always wonder like you, well, let, let's, so I don't get you in trouble. Let's go on past seasons. Usually the finale is live or no. Um, I, I'm not sure the way, um, like your season, I guess it depends. The I, first season you you were on was the finale live or no? No. Okay. No. Then it, never mind. It wasn't. It wasn't. Um, we didn't shoot it that that night for sure. I, I think was, I'm uh, getting confused with Big Brother, where their finale is live. That's possible. Would you um, ever go on that show? Big Would you go on other reality shows, or do you want to get? You don't want to get labeled as a reality guy. You know, I uh, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a real guy. Um, I. I just feel like I would look at every opportunity for what it is in my life. Uh, I'm not one to say that's not for me if it might be, you know what I mean? So I, I don't judge a book by its cover. If I have to look into it, if, if I felt like the Jersey shore was good for me, then I would do it. If I felt like it wasn't, then I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't go on the Jersey shore. I'm not, I don't drink alcohol. Uh, I'm not really into partying. Do you have a girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. You'd um, probably uh, go on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> uh, I don't like uh, dirty girls. Um, <laughs> Definitely won't go on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> I, you know, I um, but I would I would see what it like my what I really want. I want to have my own show. I want to have my own TV show. Um, and it de 
it could be anything, you know, like I, I really wanted to have football players and athletes come on my show and cook what they want, right. what their food is. And, um, you know, I would host the show and I talk to them and, 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 and really just figure out what they like to eat, have them cook. Cause athletes, football players, especially love to, to cook food. They love to cook their own. You know how many calories those guys have to eat in a day? Thousands, 10,000. Yeah. 10,000. Uh-huh. And it's hard for them to, to do that. So they, sometimes they hire a chef, but they do on the weekends. I know they love to cook for their families and, and themselves. And cause that's what they like to do in their off season too. They like to enjoy food and cooking. Right. And so that's something I definitely would love to do, you know, have a panel, a couple athletes, one of them, you know, maybe, maybe three of them. And, you know, you have a Jerry Rice who's crashing weddings come over one day and, um, you know, cook what he likes to eat. <laughs> at the weddings he's crashing you hear about that no yeah he's been crashing weddings um yeah so so, so um maybe you could have oj on he's uh, yeah out. shoot i have the controversy's uh good tv right <laughs> that would be the ultimate controversy. oh my god jerry rice oj and maybe we can just uh we get ray caruth from his uh jail cell uh that, terrible. Might, that might be too much but yeah it's uh it's another that's <laughs> another day right yeah i don't think uh fox would be down for that but oj will get a tv show i guarantee you that yeah someone will take a chance and say you know it's gonna have to be uh, a network that doesn't really have to deal with sponsors <laughs> you know uh yeah. so uh, it be called i thought i learned my yeah, lesson i thought i did it and then i realized <laughs> i did it uh he but, should have like a true crime show like uh i did it but i didn't yeah. but i did but what but if i did, I did yeah that yeah. i didn't well, <laughs> maybe he, can he just, don't even know if he did it He's i confused. think he knows uh Maybe they can uh, think, yes. do uh, the search for the real killers. That's yeah, that's intense. I, mean, I wouldn't go on that show. Right, well, that's I, a show I'm not going on. It's uh, you know, but I mean, do you get asked to do like? Uh, I I could imagine, and I don't know. I'm so obsessed with Big Brother and Hell's Kitchen. I can imagine they would look at you and go, "Hey, this guy would be great on Hell or The Amazing Race." Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, I guess. It, yeah, do you get approached by other reality shows? No, not really. No, I, I, well, I've been approached for a couple different things, but they. Um, like a couple of food network, uh, competition shows and, um, maybe some other, uh, shows that they do, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do. It wasn't something I saw myself doing. Um, if I, I would love a travel show, right. that's a, that's a real passion of mine, traveling food, um, exploring, you know, I mean, to do that, to, to travel to other countries or cities or, and, and to, to find that culture and that food within that culture. That's something I love. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, different cultures. Asian food is probably one of my favorite cuisines right. and, you know, to explore Asia and have a TV show. That might be one of my definite goals. <laughs> well, I like those food traveling shows. I mean, uh, you know, Hell's Kitchen's the, the Wayne Gretzky of food shows, but I will say I do like to watch uh, out of sheer uh, macabre, uh, ism, if that's even a word, uh, man versus food. It's funny. Yeah. That was one of my favorite shows. And I was wondering like, why did they not get me for this? <laughs> you know? But I mean, are you that much of an overeater where you could do those challenges? Cause I, some of those challenges are so fucking disgusting. Uh, <laughs> you know, funny. I don't, I think I, f I forget the new host name. I, uh, Watch. They had to get a new one. I guess the other one died. Of course. No, he lost all. He lost all the weight. Uh, Adam, Adam Richmond. Adam. Yeah. Uh, who I came to roast battle one night. Wow. Uh, I liked. The, I always liked. The he guy. was a cool dude. Yeah. I pitched him a show. Uh, 
this shows you the craziness of our business and the wacky ideas. Uh, I said, hey, man, uh, you know, I got an idea for a show if you if you got the time to listen. He's like, yeah, what, what's your idea? I was like, well, you're great on man versus food, but I think the perfect companion show would be uh, man versus toilet. And uh, just it's a you you line up twelve porta potties, you uh, for an hour just have these slobs eat as much food as they can, and whoever shits the most wins. Right, but whoever shits, <laughs> but whoever shits the least gets eliminated. And there's a scale, there's a scale at the bottom of the porta potty. Yeah, of course. So you literally see, and then uh, and he looked at me. And he didn't say no right away. Like he, he, you could tell he was kind of going, hmm, that could work. Uh, So uh, that's great. Well, I always say no idea is uh, too wacky. Like, I agree. I mean, we're kind of kidding with that idea. I mean, I don't. But kind of unless unless Fox calls you up and says, hey, man, that shit is crazy. But (laughs) I could see like, uh, you know, you follow the, those hot dog eating people. Uh, those guys are out of control. I I've mean, actually done it. I've uh, I've done some competitive eating in my day. I did a pig bowl, which was 15 scoops of ice cream with toppings in under six minutes. Giant scoops of ice cream. Uh, and then I did a, uh, a wing. I did a wing contest at my school. <laughs> I, I, had, I had crushed all the wings. I, I, I dabbled, you know, I had fun. I thought about it as a career and I was like, you know what? This is how people die. But I mean, that's the crazy thing is like, I thought it was just that one Nathan's hot dog eating contest, 4th of July, Coney oh, Island. And apparently there's a competitive eating league yep. where you have to qualify yep. to get into that hot dog. I thought it was just no. <laughs> 20 slobs who uh, were like, yeah. They do, but you have to like oh it's a big legit deal like google it actually if if, if everybody yeah. um the competitive eating league and um yeah you do you have to qualify um somebody i think like ate whatever it was like a pound of hair in like a minute or something like it's insane what these people eat to qualify to get into the competitive eating league yeah there's like uh they have an oyster challenge yeah they had like uh pizza yeah um, i mean the the guy on man versus food he just did like a uh it's like a crazy like six pound burger uh, a oh, pound of fries uh a salad that was like it had like 50 toppings on it and a milkshake that was probably five six hundred calories just of that and he had to do it in like an hour so that's the kind of stuff you have to eat one whole week's worth of food in one hour but when you ate the ice cream thing how big of a dump did you take right honestly, after uh, honestly there was no dump um i i as soon as i was done man that ice cream came out cold oh my god it was it was freezing coming out of my mouth i felt like i felt like i was like an ice box it was insane okay we're going i'm going on some website i don't know if i should be plugging them but i will uh <laughs> majorleagueeating.com uh, and uh, let's look at uh let's look at some of the events coming up uh, yeah i mean it's uh we got some time till the the hot dog but people are getting ready well i always said chestnut uh, is eating he's eating 10 pounds of lettuce as we speak to open up his tummy. Well, I always thought that uh, 
a gay porn star should enter a hot dog eating contest. I mean, they'd kill it. <laughs> they'd kill it. Just jamming dogs up their ass. Uh, <laughs> Hiding dogs. I mean, there are no rules. There like, are no rules. You have to consume it, right? right? So I guess if you slide one in, no matter where it goes, it's consuming it, right? So let's go. Uh, let's look at some of the past events here. Uh, the Western Days Festival World Tamale uh, Championship. Tamale. The winner... <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Esper ate 83 and a half tamales in 12 minutes. Jesus. 83 and yeah. a half. All right. And How many we, tamales do you have when you go to, to Kings? One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have uh, the Trenton Thunder world famous. Oh, uh, that's my hood, man. That's Jersey. So this was. Uh, Trenton Thunder. No way. <laughs> this guy, uh, Carmen Sincati. Ate forty pork roll sandwiches in ten oh my minutes. God. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Have you had pork roll, Taylor? I've Man, had baby. one. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> one is see. hard to eat. Oh, this is good. Oh well, here was someone a uh, very famous man here, uh, the White Hut World Eating uh, World Cheeseburger Eating Championship. The great Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut, there he is. With a world record of 52 cheeseburgers in 10 minutes. I mean, and the cholesterol on this guy. And uh, I didn't know, a world record. I'd love to be the guy at Guinness who had to go to that and watch him eat uh, 50 fucking cheeseburgers. And uh, let's see. Let's so he's got a, burgers and dogs on his record? Oh, my God. Joey Chestnut again. Uh, the Del Oso Family Farm bacon fest world bacon eating championship Jesus. joey chestnut <laughs> uh ate seven and three quarters pounds of bacon in oh, eight, eight minutes oh my seven and a quarter pounds of bacon and then uh let me see the, the uh u.s <laughs> oh uh, buffalo God. uh eating championship uh, buffalo wing eating championship joey chestnut no, again don't do it. 220 wings in 12 minutes <laughs> and uh the buffalo Something called the Buffalo Buffet Bowl. Mm. Uh, oh, some eat. dude, uh, Jeffrey Esper, five pounds of buffalo cuisine in three minutes and 50 seconds. Jesus. Uh, let me see if there's any. Uh, oh, here, here's one. Uh, this is almost as dangerous as playing hockey without a helmet. Yeah, this is crazy. These people are going to have, oh my God, the, the Chachos World Taco Eating Championship. Once again, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> eight, good for you joey 94 and a half tacos in eight minutes not even on a tuesday i mean my god his uh the cholesterol has to be well his asshole must be uh just oh blown god. out uh <laughs> like someone pink sock uh, man yeah uh, yeah like uh, i i can't even put words <laughs> into uh so, I mean, that's probably a good way to end the podcast. Yeah, there about we go. <laughs> Joey Chestnut's butthole. Uh, but what's uh, what's next for you? Uh, so we got Hell's Kitchen. Hell, yeah, Hell's Kitchen is now. Um, I'm, I'm on it. I'm doing good. And it it's on again tomorrow night. 8 p.m. on Fox. That's right. And the future is is whatever it is. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of opportunity. And um, I, I really just, as long as I keep going and, and keep on track of what I'm doing in my life, I... You know, I know I'll I'll be happy and and I'll accomplish those things. You know, I, I guess I'm looking for um for a new agent at this point. And what happened uh, to the old agent? You know, I I still I have one right now and and um you know I had one before and you know it's just I need more. I require a lot. Uh, I've been putting in all the work and uh, and that's that's fine. I'll do the work. You know, but I need to be seen. That's the hardest thing in this industry is being seen. It's brutal. 
And uh, you can only be seen when somebody allows you to enter the door to a certain extent. And, uh, you know, that, that's what I found. So at this point, maneuvering my way into doors is, is, is the now. Well, the crazy thing is it's such a catch-22. Like, you're very su- more successful than most people in this business. Uh, and that almost hurts you from the standpoint of, you know, your Tempur-Pedia commercial's on a, a ton. Your, uh, the pet, what's the pet commercial? 1-800-PET-MEDS. That's on a ton. Obviously, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. And it's like you, Conflict. <laughs> you would think that that would help you. Like you walk into an audition, it's like, well, you're the Tempur-Pedic guy. We can't really like, yeah. we don't want people thinking about Tempur-Pedic sure. when they see you holding our soda can. Of course. Well, I don't uh, tell them anything. I, t- I don't but tell But they them must know. Well, if and that's the thing. Like I won't tell them. And if they think they know what they don't, that might help me because, oh, well, I see this guy on TV, but maybe that's not him. Maybe I just see him on TV. Right. You know, so I, I'm all about playing the games that they want to play. And, you know, I, I, if, if Hell's Kitchen, you know, Hell's Kitchen is the biggest is a, the biggest part of my life. You know, what Gordon sure. has done for me and and, um, you know, being on the show again and, and, and being having the opportunity to come back and, 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 you know, stake my claim again. You know, that and that's awesome. But, you know, like I said, I'm an opportunist. I want it all. I don't just want one thing. I want everything. And, and wow. I guess I won't stop until I've achieved what I feel as though is, is everything. You got to be Conor McGregor, man. You just got to. It's a great point. He's the best, man. I love I, that I'm guy. a huge fan of Conor McGregor, despite his personality flaws. <laughs> but I, lo- I mean, he, you know. He's an entertainer, man. I could watch him. I could watch him talk about the ice cream that's melting that he's eating. I mean, when you think about what he did, he talked his way into a boxing match with maybe the greatest boxer of all time. I know he's got some... I don't some, know if there's a maybe, and I'm not a huge fan. I'm not you a understand? fan of his you know just because I mean? the woman stuff. No, uh, I get it. I but get it. We're going to talk about only that, I guess, the sport part of him. And, and to be 50-0 and 0 and break um, Marciano's... Uh, uh, well, I thought that was... Oh, yeah, you're right. Rocky Marciano's Rocky, record. Yeah, Rocky uh, Marciano's record. And, I mean, and he, he took on everyone. I and mean, he took on this fight, which people were really kind of like, oh, come on, man, you're 49-0. and 0. Like, it was a no-win. This was not a gimme. It's a no-win situation for Mayweather because, uh, you know, you beat him, it's like, you know, he should have beat him. Uh, yeah. If you barely beat him, it's like, well, he barely beat this know. guy. Yeah, yeah. And if you lose to him, uh, my God, that would have been a disaster. Uh, yeah. But I think that fight was... I respect him after, oh my God. after this. I and, respect both of them, 100%. And I think they were the two people that I didn't respect, you know, because of their attitudes, because of their outspokenness, the way they value money, I don't, I don't like. But I will say this, those guys are fighters and... They are opportunists. Uh, they are hard workers. And man, that's what it takes to, to make it in this world. Never giving up, doing what people think you shouldn't do, and, and not caring what other people think, and just going out there and giving your very best and doing what pleases you. Yeah, you have to do... Uh, Take care of yourself. You, you got to... Uh, that's what I do now. I don't... Uh, Jimmy Carr, uh, I might... Uh, you know, a lot of... Jimmy Carr was my uh, roast Jimmy battle Carr. nemesis. He's the biggest comic in the world, or one of them uh he's wow. a legend uh and uh a lot of people don't think me and jimmy like each other because we had to battle on tv and we, we had to say some not uh nice things about each other but he gave me the greatest advice ever uh the last time i saw him in la because he's based in the uk and he's like uh, i was uh talking to him about some frustrations i had about certain things in my life and, he, and I can't do an imitation of his accent, but he was just like, Earl, 
just worry about your side of the road mm -hmm. and be funny. And in some ways you might think, well, no shit, dude. But coming from someone like him, who's, uh, you know, achieved the highest yeah. you can achieve in comedy, it's like, wow. Yeah. If he says it. It's got to be true. And, <laughs> you know, like Conor McGregor, he says it and he does it. And, mm -hmm. You know, and that's like Chael Shonen, who's an MMA fighter. He does the same shtick, you know, Muhammad Ali, pro wrestling. Sure. Uh, and he doesn't win. <laughs> so no. it's not the same and, 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 and he's great yeah he's a very good fighter yeah. but like he doesn't uh walk the talk connor does it all yeah uh and he almost uh dethroned the yeah. best i mean i think that fight it was, was a great fight yeah i, mean, I knew was, what mayweather was doing i really felt that it was gonna and you know honestly i said i said wait till the 26th minute i kept saying it to yeah. all my friends he's never been in a 26th minute in his entire life in fighting so if you've never done that it doesn't matter how good you are you're just not seasoned for it. if you've never experienced it you just don't know mayweather's been there how many times i feel like he only goes to friggin every you know to the 26th minute yeah he I never mean, finishes before the 26th minute no he's uh i mean but i think that fight was the outcome was perfect you know the the, the boxing community can say hey we just be mma's best it was it was perfect for both sports. And I think MMA can say, hey, we just had our guy who's never had a pro boxing match take on the best yeah. to 10 rounds. Uh, and, the fan, you know, I paid 100 bucks for the fight. Awesome. I, it was worth it to me. Yeah. I mean, I could have gotten it illegally. Sure. Uh, but uh, being an artist, you know. And I believe that 100%. Oh, I, I went to a friend's house who bought it. And, you know, and yeah. I, I you can find it illegally and i didn't want to which is the funny part because i really did want to respect the yeah i mean there's a million websites yeah. i know of at least five russian websites that I, I get a perfect feed wow uh you know but i you know struggling for as long as i have and i'm sure conor mcgregor and mr mayweather would not have missed my hundred dollars well they but, would have actually i think they knew that they that you did, wouldn't have paid <laughs> they're probably looking well, at all that mayweather probably would <laughs> yeah. he strikes me as a type that has like you owe me money man <laughs> yeah. earl where's my hundred dollars yeah but i appreciate rich people who are cheap his middle name's money right yeah i mean <laughs> but i love people rich people are rich because they look after every single dollar yeah uh, except the ones they spend on you know their watches that cost uh, two hundred thousand of them <laughs> well i bought a uh brightling a uh, recently not recently about a year ago i bought a brightling watch to uh celebrate uh, being on tv for the first that's time that's awesome man god bless that's great well it's you know it's 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 uh, i don't want to say how much the watch is but it's not cheap it's uh i respect that though that's um you know you have to treat yourself in this world but to be humbled to be humbled yeah the guy says to me uh and it's a beautiful i mean brightling uh it's just if a watch can be beautiful it's yeah. a beautiful watch the uh salesman was like hey it's a great looking watch girl but uh just to put it all into perspective kevin hart was here yesterday wow. about a half million dollars worth of watches wow and kevin hart was my judge in the first That's roast battle awesome. i did so uh Full circle man yeah i was like oh okay destiny i still love the watch but if i could keep one watch out of my collection it's the tag hoyer watch my mom gave I was, me yeah i would not sell this watch for any amount in the world well sentimental value is everything oh, it's man the best. it's uh, just um I, I i don't know i 
I love my family and I'm a very yeah. family oriented person and it's all that matters. And I really, you know, money doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I've, I've learned, I've learned it just doesn't, you know, I, I just want to do what I want to do. I just right. want to follow my passions. I want to make enough money to do it and to support my loved ones. That's what I want in this world. I want to support my loved ones while following my dreams and passions. Well, that's why you'll make money. Because I think if you get into money, or if you get into whatever career path you're you're choosing, whether it be comedy and, and or cooking or, or acting, and you go into it, I want to make money. You're not going to make money, mm -mm. Uh, you know. Because I think in the comedy world, everyone saw Jim Carrey make uh, twenty yeah. million dollars, I think, for Cable Guy. Yeah, and then Mask. He got what ten million. Yeah, I think he got you know whatever. He he was making a lot of money, and I think. People that was their incentive. Yeah, they read his story about living in a van in Toronto. He came yeah. out here, he was homeless. And so everyone was like, Well, I want to make twenty million dollars a film. But it's like, you're not funny. <laughs> yeah. You're not you Jim forgot, Carrey. You forgot the missing part. You're not even Harry Carrey. Uh, <laughs> Harry Carrey. Uh, ha oh, I loved watching. As a kid, I had no idea he was drunk announcing the games. Announcing uh, <laughs> the games. I mean, he called one Asian player like a Jap, and like, oh my god, it was like uh, just his random. Uh, well, there's no such thing as PC back then, right? Oh no, I mean, you couldn't do a movie like Blazing Saddles today, no. and uh, not unless it's Django. Yeah, well, that's a good movie uh, if you're white. Uh, you know, it depends on uh, what side of the road you're on. Uh, I don't think uh, anyone who had a like a slave background would would dig that movie. Maybe. I'm, not, I'm not saying nothing. Uh, oh, no, know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't I, know. <laughs> I think that movie has a... Well, I, uh, here's the thing. It's all about what, what, um, what the portrayal teaches. Right. We, there's a lesson in everything. And, um, you know, I, I believe that you can, look at, you can look at something and you can say, this is the worst thing ever. Or you can look at something and say, oh, well, I learned this. You know, so it's all about how you view something. If you look at Django... And, and and you can really look at that and say, wow, that's blasphemous, right? You could also look at it and say, well, I, I guess that's how things were back then. Um, we've, we've come away to where we are now. And um, let's try to move away from the way that our history is, is against us, you know? Well, with Trump in the uh, White House, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, well, the, the, world, the world's a funny place, man. It's... Um, it's wonderful and awful all in the same breath. It's uh, it's a weird, it's just a weird time. 2017 is just, it's weird. Um, oh my God. We, we don't know where we are or where we're going or where we've come from. It's, it's a very, it's a very odd time. Um, I just feel like we all just kind of need to take care of ourselves. Like stop worrying about this guy. Start worrying about yourself. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, like stop, stop complaining about how the world sucks and, and, and just make a decision to do one thing to add to it, make it better a little bit. You know, oh, I can't, I'm one person. Bullshit, bullshit. One person can change the world. It's happened, it will happen. And, and I'm just tired of, of, of everybody just going at each other. It's just, it's enough. Like it's enough. Like we've been doing it since the beginning and we're gonna do it till the end and then the, the world burns. But like, do we have to wait to get to that point? Like, can't we just all just chill out and just enjoy what we like and not bash the other person for disliking what I like? Like you like what you like, I'm gonna like what I like and you can go fucking do whatever you want. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, it gets back to 
Jimmy and I will Carr. be in politics. <laughs> you could, hey, who knows? I mean, uh, if Trump could win, anyone could win. I believe uh, that. And I believe that him winning is sets the pavement for my entry, right? Well, who knows? I mean, you never uh, know. I mean, Ronald Reagan was an actor, and, uh, you know. And, and not even a great one, right? Not really. Uh, <laughs> they just I mean, say he was an actor because that's that's what else he did. <laughs> Al Franken's a senator. Uh, Jesse the Jesse, Body yes, Ventura. Jesse the Body. Waiting uh, for that. Arnold. Yeah. Guy was maybe one of the worst governors in the history of governors. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, but you know, I respect him. Uh, Me too. And somebody who's not born in this country gets to a point where people are questioning if he can be president or not. You know, like changing the rules for this guy. Like that's, that's respectable. It's funny. You know, he didn't speak English. He, he was a bodybuilder and, and couldn't act that serious. Yeah. Couldn't act. And he got to the top of the game. God bless him. It just goes to show you that anybody can achieve greatness. Hard work. Yep. Dedication. A little bit of delusion. Yeah, a lot uh, of delusion. I think delusion is the most important ingredient in this whole thing, though. But I think your delusion <laughs> has to be based in reality, which of course kind of sounds like, well, that's like a double-edged sword. Yeah, but you know, but it, that's life. It's not delusional for you to think you could be a top cook. You've got, you know, you you sure you've got the background. It's not delusional for me to think at some point I could be a top comic you know i've been literally getting laughs since the fourth grade play but so there's a little bit of reality there but i think it would be at least for me at the age of 49 delusional to think i could make it in the nba oh well well, yeah if you're not an nba player you could watch a tony robbins video or jack canfield or uh you know uh all the other great uh you know uh dale carnegie's books and uh wayne dyer and yeah uh, eric thomas uh i could sit there and listen to those for the next six months i'm not gonna make it in the nba no i think destiny has a lot to do with things as well you know it's almost like we are given gifts but i believe that we can work out those gifts but you have to be real. Train, yeah. yeah, we can train those gifts. Like if you were at 49, maybe 25 years ago, you could have been that professional basketball player. But it just not so really. happens. I mean, well, see, maybe well, I don't have the natural talent. Well, no, you don't. You're not tall, right? You're not that tall. <laughs> not I mean, tall. I'm like six one. You're I have a little no wi- little white, <laughs> no vertical leap. Uh, Your so, glasses. I mean, we can get you goggles. Oh my god, I would see like three <laughs> buckets. But so I just think that, uh, you know, you have to have a combination of all those things. Of course, of course. And with, you can do with anything. the dedication, the effort, you know. You got to put in the effort. I mean, uh, you got to have the skill, you got to have the will. And through those things, uh, you know, luck is involved as well. Yeah. Uh, circumstances. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, through uh, roast battle I got uh, on the Showtime show. Awesome. I'm dying up here. God and, bless, man. Uh, yeah, it's great. But like, uh, and then uh, one night I was, uh, you know, doing my uh, heckling thing I do on the show or did on the show, and uh, I was making fun of this skinny black kid. Had no idea who he was. And uh, after the show was over, uh, he came up to me. He's like, "I want you to be the voice of my father on this cartoon I'm wow, doing." And man. I had no idea who he was. And it was Tyler, the creator. Oh was, wow, uh, that's a big deal. Yeah, and he's. Uh, I've seen him in concert. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's an amazing dude, like totally with it. Uh, and uh, October 22nd, 
on Adult Swim, The Jellies. Cool. I play the voice of Barry Jelly, Papa Jelly. Congratulations. That's great. That's but, one that's uh, that's one of my my dreams as well. That's funny. Oh, it's great. I mean, voiceover that's cool, it's so man. easy. That's and, uh, that's awesome. But I mean, the point of even bringing that up is uh, you know, through Roast Battle, which started off as Snowballs. Uh, yeah, I mean, Roast Battle started off as two comics wanting to fist fight. Uh, Brian Moses was like, "Hey, you guys can't fight, but why don't you guys rap e- you know, battle rap each other instead?" Awesome. Uh, and there was literally four people in the room. And then the next week, six people in the room. And then three years later, it's on. It's like fourth season. Wow. And then through that, you know, and many of my friends have gotten writing jobs on HBO shows. And and so it's uh, the luck of roast battle happening, plus my will and skill. Yep. You know, and, and same thing with you in Hell's Kitchen. But never giving up is the most important. Because, man, there's, there's days where you're just, you know, you put your head down. You're like, I don't know how i'm gonna get out of this one. Oh yeah i mean but somehow you know it's uh, just uh the universe has a way of answering your questions you know yeah i mean is this for me and then you come to find out that something happened where okay maybe it is for me i mean i've come close to stopping this podcast uh, uh a few times just because like okay i'm interviewing these people i'm not really in the itunes top whatever it's like what am i doing this for and like if no one's listening and I don't have any sponsors and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, uh, last week I was number seven. God bless, man. So uh, that's a big deal. But what if I would have quit? Yeah. You know, but you never know. I think that's why the champions, they don't quit. Right. Yeah. Because they do know. They do know. Like there's a part of me inside of me that I, it's just, it's so loud. Like I just can't silence it. You know, it's, um, on days where it's just like, man, I just, I don't know. I have no idea. And then something will happen or, or my insides will scream out. And it's just, I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's a blessing, you know, cause we are human. We do question things and it is hard for us to, to find our way in this world sometimes with, you know, the news, um, politics and, 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 and weather, you know, yeah, it's, everything. it's just, it's a lot. So, and, and being unsure of things in your own life is, is, is detrimental, you know, and it can destroy you, but not letting it and having the power to overcome that and to say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. That's, I just, you know, you have to respect everyone who, who decides that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that I'm glad that we can, you know, be friends and, and have that absolutely. same experience and, and go through similar things. And cause it is tough. LA is a very t- tough town. So, I mean, Axel was right. Welcome to the jungle. I don't yeah, think man. a song might be the the most truest song ever like yeah. everyone's always using you or, or not everyone but a lot of people i'm sure people go up to you hey maybe josh can get me on hell's kitchen or, <laughs> or maybe earl yeah. can get me on i'm dying up here or roast battle or the jellies and it's like i can barely get myself on these yeah things. of course like you know and then uh <laughs> I can barely get my, it's true it's like or when i hosted the comedy store uh Every now and then on Monday nights, that's when all the the newer comics can, uh, you know, it's like the the newer comedy show, and every now and and then I host on it. And that day I'm hosting, everyone's nice to me. Girls, uh, hey, Earl, what's up? Can I get on tonight? And you know, the next week when I'm not hosting, they literally walk. Forget by about me. you. So, and not just girls; it's guys too. Sure. Uh, well, it's the, it's it just feel like it's the culture sometimes. It's um, like what's well, a me 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 generation, and no one wants to work for it. No, no. And that's, and that, and I come from a land of, you know, the concrete jungle, you know, I moved here from 
New York City. And uh, it was very tough for me to kind of get used to just the way things are here. I've been here three years and um, it took me three years <laughs> to understand it. It's just a different place. Well, it took me 18 to really fully. And I grew up in West LA. Yeah. Most of my friends were agents and managers at the big agencies. Yeah. So I had a very good education into the business. Sure. Uh, you know, but it's, I still learn uh, about how to deal with different personalities and, you know, how people, uh, even when you're helping them, they'll burn you, uh, you know, which I don't really understand. Uh, but now, now I do. You know, like I would always like, especially with my 80s metal bands, like with Rat in particular, uh, everyone hates the drummer. I was like, come on, guys. Why don't you guys just fucking get along? Like, how hard is it yeah. to... to uh, Play just, awesome music in front of a screaming front of, crowd. And just and deal with each other. But now I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but. you know, uh, a few shows I've been on, you, I get it now. Like, oh, like, there's a lot of bullshit behind the scenes that, you know, it's like, now I understand why, you know, Ace and Peter left Kiss and couldn't yeah. get along with Gene and Paul. And I'm sure it was 50-50 in terms of why and, you know, why uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards didn't like each other for a period of time in the 80s. Like, come on, you guys are the Stones. Yeah. Just, you know, get along. We forget uh, they're human. We forget they have feelings. And yeah, we, think, so. we look at them as machines, I think, sometimes. Yeah, because we're so we're entertained by them. Yeah. Uh, so, Josh. Earl, I love you, man. Oh, we're not done yet. Oh, good. I love you, too. I still love you. <laughs> Where can people find you on Twitter? On Twitter, at Huge Josh Man. Spell that out for my fan base. Huge, as in huge, H-U-G-E, Josh, J-O-S-H, man, M-A-N. And on Instagram, same Instagram, thing? Instagram, it is at josh trovato for real the number four josh trovato for real and then do you have a facebook fan page or yeah josh trovato on so facebook just, okay yeah josh trovato uh on facebook and um yeah at josh trovato for real on instagram yeah come come holler at me and go uh where's the restaurant Check again out, yeah come see me at the restaurant um franklin and company tavern in hollywood what's the address it is 5923 franklin avenue just be nice <laughs> just yeah, go be nice. i mean eat I'm, I'm not gonna lie and say i've been there but i will be there yeah, i might come awesome by tomorrow night too. Uh, yeah please Earl, come uh, see me man i'll take care but you know support people you know and then you know, you support Josh, he supports you, and then you guys support me. And it's just, Always. it's like a good uh, circle, circle of, of positivity. <laughs> and everyone helps everyone. Amen. Sway, and don't help someone. Expecting help, right? Right. D you, know, a... you might help me, and I might not be able to help you back, yeah. but maybe my friend can help you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just, know. you know, and and that's, that's, the, that's the part of the world that's important. You know, give self, selflessly. You know, give, give, give out of love, not out of uh, expectation, right? Then I think as long as we do that, we'll be all right. Yeah, give not wanting to get back. Yeah. Because you will get back. You will always get back. The universe has a way of uh, definitely making that happen. You know, and it's just the way it works and uh, be positive and all that good stuff. And uh, while you're positive, leave a review for inappropriate yes, Earl. a positive review. God. No, I don't, I'll be honest. <laughs> I leave. A, there's only one bad one. I think I have 150 uh, reviews up, which sounds like a lot, but like Joe Rogan has like literally 10,000. And he should. He's amazing. Joe Rogan's a guy who I, everyone should model themselves 
over. Uh, is he number one? He's number one, and he yeah. should be. And what he does is he has his friends on the podcast, and then Joe's fans become fans of their fans. Yeah, and then he he you won't find a guy like uh, Joe Diaz. Yeah, Joey Diaz. Joey he, Diaz. He made Joey. Yeah, and, and then Joey has his own uh, podcast, The Church of What's Happening, and, and Joey will have my friends on, and then. They'll get Joey's fans, and it's just like such a Joe Rogan is so responsible for yeah. so many people's fan bases. Yep. Uh, like every time he mentions my name on his podcast, I'll get a hundred followers on Twitter like that. Amazing, and he doesn't have to do that. And I I respect Joe Rogan. He's a badass dude too, He's like man. A people fourth. don't yeah people don't realize the degree of it's like a fourth degree black belt, yeah. and you know that's why I love his commentating on the UFC because he actually does it. Yeah. And he's but, and he's so intelligent, and he decides not to fight. Right? Yeah. He, he he's so good at it. He doesn't want to fight. That's, those are the best <laughs> fighters. Are the ones who don't like Clark. We like to go back to two hours ago. The best fighter in the NHL for a very long time was Clark Gillies. Mm-hmm. He, he literally. I don't think he ever. He rarely had over a hundred penalty minutes. Uh, you know where you had a guy like say you know Dave, Dave Schultz, Hammer, yeah, who had I think one year four hundred and eight, yeah you know how many games is that you know like they added it up it was like it's like 25 games almost but i mean you know <laughs> obviously people weren't afraid to fight him so Jeez. uh but he was a great fighter and uh you know well, not quite the same after he left philly though no uh, nobody is no uh, <laughs> nobody is inappropriate Deal. earl soundcloud itunes let's take it to the next level josh trevardo is gonna help let's do it Go to the Franklin Tavern, help him, buy the food, tip the waiters and servers well. Come give me a hug. And I'll be at the comedy store this weekend. I'm not sure when. I get that call in a few hours. Thank you, Earl. Hell's Kitchen, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Fox Network. Gordon Ramsay, if you listen to this, I think it's time you come on the couch. (laughs) 